Welcome to Family Life Today, presented in cooperation with this station by Power to Change. We hope today's program will give you something to reflect on and to encourage you in your relationships. Our hosts are Dave and Ann Wilson. All right, so if you think of a moment in your life, or even our life, where you felt like, I absolutely can't do this. Oh, Mm. If God doesn't show up, what's so the many. first one? The first one that comes to my mind is the first one. Marry me, I know that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I should have thought that, marrying you. It was the first time I was speaking at a weekend to remember marriage conference. Oh. And That's I was 29 years, years old, yeah. 29. And there were a thousand people in this ballroom. And I thought, I have no business being up there. I have nothing to say in, apart from you, Jesus. And I was in the shower that morning on my stomach on my face begging God that he would use me Mm. and the second thing that comes to my mind is when we came in to do radio it makes me teary thinking about it because it was again that feeling like Lord we we can't do this apart from your grace apart from you Holy Spirit this is above our pay grade and Mm. our abilities and our giftedness and so we got on our knees in the studio and said that Lord we can't we can only do this empowered by your spirit. What were you thinking? I mean, I don't want to make this about us, but uh, there's a thousand moments. But that last one was one of the first ones I thought of. How are we going to fill Dennis Rainey and Bob Lapine's shoes in a ministry they build over three decades that God bless, we have no right, we have not the gifts. And we're we just, so afraid. We're going to wreck it. We yeah, can wreck it. We're going to ruin something that's great. And we got on our face right there in the dark. There's yeah. nobody there in the studio yet. And we ask God for that. And the reason we bring that up is we've got Jeff Norris in the in the uh, studio with us today. Who, Jeff, welcome to Family. You've never been to Family Life today, have you? No, first time. First time. I, I love it. First impressions. Yay. Oh, just awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Everything from. What else are you going to say? You're on, you're on air right now. Well, but I mean it. Yeah. Uh, gosh, the studio, the hospitality, uh, you friends. guys. No, you're yeah, you're so nice. You've been friends with our president, David Robbins, for how many years? Oh, let's see. David and I go back 20 years, I guess. Yeah. Hey, and... you know, if you go back 20 years, can you give us something? <laughs> something on David, dirt, like a little dirt. Not dirt, oh, but you know, man. something nobody would know about this guy. Well, I don't know that I can do that on the air. Um, <laughs> but tell us later. Yeah. Hey, did yeah. you ever see him dance? Oh uh, gosh, I can't count how many times I've seen him. He can dance. Have you not seen him dance? No. Well, hopefully, uh, our listeners will get to know that side of our president. You know, David <laughs> Robbins, the dancer. Yeah. And Meg, actually, as well. But you're not here to talk about that. You're here to talk about a book you wrote called Rooted, yeah. which is a subtitle. Title: A Lifestyle of Radical Dependence. Yeah, yeah. Great book. As I was reading it, and you start right at the beginning where we were talking about this yeah. moment where you were like, "I cannot do this." Tell us about that. Yeah. So as you guys were just talking, I mean, it it resonated with me hmm. so much. Even again, uh, what you were all hmm. saying just about stepping into this role, stepping into the shoes of Dennis Rainey and Bob Lapine. And feeling that so deeply in my own experience, uh, a guy named Randy Pope is who uh, planted a church called Perimeter Church in 1977. He led it for 42 years. Hmm. God used him. He's just incredibly humble. Uh, the church grew significantly, but he's probably the farthest thing I could imagine from a celebrity pastor. Um, it's never been about him. It's always been about the kingdom and in so many ways, words really fail me to express 
what I think of him, how much I admire him, what a mentor he's been to me. Now, um, he's mentored you since college, right? Since, since college. you were in college. Yeah, many, many years. And so back up six years, and, and he invites me to come be on the staff at Perimeter Church as one of the assistant pastors. I, I had been on staff with crew for 13 years at that point. Mm-hmm. And so after Rachel, my wife, and I prayed a lot, we felt like, yes, this is what the Lord is saying yes to. And so we made the move, and um, fall of 2019, I'm taking over as senior pastor, following in his footsteps. That was the most poignant, the most significant, the most just overwhelming moment of Lord, I have to be radically dependent upon you. That was the phrase that came to my mind. I have to be radically dependent upon you if I'm going to do this, if you're going to do this through me. It's not an optional thing. It's what he's called us to. Uh, And yet it's one of the hardest things to do because we just so easily default into our our own ability, our own power, our, our individualistic mindset that we have so, you know, so deeply in the West. And, I think we just want yeah. to be safe. You yeah. know, we just want to yeah. be happy. You know, I just want to be safe. I want to be happy. And that part of, like, to be radically dependent on him requires, like, jumping out of the boat. Yeah. And that's a scary place for us to be. So as I'm thinking about that, is it a necessary place for us to be, do you think? As I've shared this with others and even thinking about that word radical, yeah, I didn't love that word, but it's just been used so much. And, and it's I wrestled with, do we even name it that? Do I name the series when I taught it that? Yeah, I mean, and, like it's lost its meaning. And it's been overused and so with it lessening in the meaning of it. But but I kept coming back to it just because I think that is the word that we need. Yeah. Because it pushes us towards something that is so very uncomfortable. So but, that's how you define it? How would you define it? Yeah. Well, the irony of it is that what we're saying is radical is actually normal in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Mm. You know, but the the title normal dependency just doesn't catch just yeah. the same as radical <laughs> dependency, right? So, but that's it. it. What what we say, oh man, that is radical dependence. You read the pages of scripture and you go, no, no that's what God calls you to. That's normal dependence yeah. in his economy and his kingdom. But because of our sin nature, because of our struggles, because of our doubts, our fears, and, and because of our sin, we feel as though, wow, that's radical. Uh, but radical would be, okay, I'm going to walk in what God has called me to walk in, in, in the way of self-sacrifice, dying to self. You know, when Jesus said, if you want to follow me, you must take up your cross daily, deny yourself, follow me. What does he mean by that? And does he mean what I think he means? And on on one hand, it's like, yeah, it's just that simple. Hmm. You die to self on, but on the other side of the coin, it's, wow, there's a lot to that, that I'm not sure I want to sign up for. Jesus didn't mix any words as it came to uh, what it meant to follow him. You have to count the cost of discipleship. So being rooted in discipleship that's that's also anchored in self-sacrifice. But there's a beautiful, I think, I try to paint a picture of a beautiful dependence that's not only vertical, of a vertical dependence upon the Lord first and foremost, but a horizontal dependence upon each other that we're not going to radically depend upon the Lord un- unless we have that that uh, body of Christ surrounding us and we're we're doing life deeply together, helping each other be dependent upon the Lord uh, and leading us each other to the cross. So, so many things that I walked through in the book about, well, this means that we are not just thankful, but 
radically thankful. Um, we're, we're not just people who pray, but we, we radically pray in the sense of prayer is the ultimate expression of dependency. Hmm. So it, it's not to be a statement of condemnation. Well, I don't pray much, so I guess I'm not dependent, but more of motivation of, okay, well, if I want to be dependent, if that's what God's called me to, um, that his powers may perfect in my weakness, then weakness is an advantage. And therefore, prayer is what what I long to be true of me more and more. And so I, I want to pray um, not out of guilt, but out of desire and, and longing in that even pursuit of dependence. It, so, it's interesting, you know, even, even as I hear you say, you know, weakness is a almost an advantage because it forces us to be dependent. Right. There's everything in my human DNA is like, no, 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 we hate weakness we like strength we celebrate strength and yet you're exactly right and it's all through scripture the only way we're going to even need to be dependent is we got to have to be weak yeah right well and just even talking with you before you know earlier today we're getting to know each other just a little bit today and I'm already picking up on your story football athletics man that was my background as well and man what are you taught I me mean, you can't be weak yeah no way. You never show weakness. Right. Right. And you'll be on the bench. Yeah. And there's so much uh, that's that's just pressed deep into our DNA through not only what we're born into with our self-sufficiency of who we are spiritually. We're self-sufficient. We're independent. I don't want I mean, that's Adam and Eve. Well, none of us want know? to be needy. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. And so we inherit that nature from Adam and Eve. Hmm. We, we have that what I call the Adamic residue in us of I got this. And I, you know, I'll pursue my own glory and my own story. I see what you got for me, God, but I want something better. And so we have that in us with anyway. But then there's these things culturally, whether it be football, whether it be anything in life that produces and values and, you know, glorifies that, uh, man, I can't show weakness. Now, here's the interesting piece. All right. I'm a I'm a uh, and I don't want us to get off in, in a, on a rabbit trail here, but I think it matters. I'm Gen X for however many years, over a decade, I, I invested in millennials. Now I have kids who are Gen Z and have teenagers in my home. Well, what's become incredibly attractive to millennials and then even more to Gen Z is vulnerability. I knew you were going to say it. Yes. Weakness. Weakness. Yeah. Talk about your weaknesses. Show right? me. So, Tell you me. know, and, and for me, Gen X, I'm like, okay, I, I kind of get that. <laughs> I'm I'm in betweener, right? Yeah. You know, boomers and what I like. Yeah. I, I I probably am way more vulnerable than they want to be. But point is, now we're dealing with younger people who say, "Yes, be vulnerable. Yes, show weakness." But to what end? Hmm. That's the question that I ask younger people. Is okay. Why? I, I love it. Be vulnerable. Please be vulnerable. Please be weak. So that what? And the answer to that, from a biblical kingdom mindset, is so that we can fall into the strength and the power of Christ. Hmm. It's not just vulnerability for the sake of vulnerability. It's not just weakness for the sake of weakness. And it's not just, hey, I can't get it together, so I'm just going to yeah. I'm going to wallow in my in my weakness and sin. But it's so that we fall into the strong arms of Christ. So that he is the one who is powerful through us. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You you know this as well as anybody as a pastor of a church. You set the vision and mission and core values, right? Right. So I'm a founding pastor 30-some years ago, and when we were writing a core value around this very one, Anne probably doesn't even know, like, she wasn't in that meeting with 
as we were debating, how do we, you know, words matter and words have power. So we got to say this right. I'm, I'm not kidding. This is how the conversation went. Somebody said, we got to talk about this, this weakness thing that, you know, points to the strength of Christ. Okay, right. You know, so we write, here's what we wrote. We want to be a church where we recognize and reveal our weaknesses. And everybody's like, yeah, that's really good because so many places, you know, pretend and they only put up the thing. So we're not only are we going to reveal it, but you got to recognize it in yourself. I am a sinner. And then we're going to not hide that. We're going to reveal that. And they're like, done. I'm like, I'm not kidding. I am not like patting myself on the back. I was like the guy like, wait, 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 it's not done. Yeah. No, no, no. That's really good. I go, just what you just said. I didn't use your words, but to what end? I'm like. That's only half the story. Right. right. Yeah. Why are we going to recognize and reveal our weakness? So here's what it ended up being. We recognize and reveal our weakness to point to the power of God. Yeah. Because it's got to be both. I mean, even Janet Z would tell you, yeah, I don't want just the end of the story to be I'm weak and I can't do anything. I want it to be, yeah, but is there victory? Yeah, there is victory. It's not in me. It's in Christ who lives right. in me, right? Right. As I read through your book, I'm like, that's what rooted means, that I'm rooted in radical dependence, and that dependence forces me to glorify and have power that I don't have, but that he has. Here I am trying to tell you what your book's about. Yeah, no, 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 but you're <laughs> but that's right. That's it, right? I love it. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because it's radical dependence in who, right? And Because it's, we're dependent, or what do we... Oh, it's Jesus. It's mm. him. It's his strength. It's his power. It's the Holy Spirit within us. It's We can be dependent on all kinds of things. I mean, this is, gets back into the classic idolatry, and I talk about idolatry in the right, book, but right. you know, there's all kinds of things we can be dependent on. And there's all kinds of things that our weaknesses can lead us to, mm. independence. And so how we finish that sentence, radical dependence on what or who, and fill in that blank. Who's, what's going to fill the blank? makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, and I want to hear your thoughts on this because you're leading us somewhere that we got to answer. Cause I, and, I, and for some reason, this came to my mind. My youngest son's in ministry. Mm. He was preaching with me at my church for seven years. And there'll be moments, you know, when you're sitting there like, oh, my goodness, he just said something profound. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's my kid. Really? Yeah. That came out of me? <laughs> and I don't forget, Cody said one day in a sermon, he said, if Jesus is enough... I don't know him enough for him to be enough. In other words, mm. I've got to know him better. Yeah. And you were just talking about radical dependence on Jesus. I think often we get we get stuck because we don't know him right. well enough for him to be everything. So, yeah. so explain that. Well, you know, I want to be careful to say, man, we're all in this journey, right? Yeah. I mean, I feel that often, mm. what Cody said. I mean, it, yeah. it, there are days where... Uh, more days than I than than not, where I feel that man, I was dependent on so many things other than Jesus today, mm. uh, and that's the beauty of a daily walk with Christ of repentance and faith, and His grace covering us every day. And you know, I think back. I mean, w when you say that, I think okay. The very first thing that popped in my mind is um, I started walking with the Lord in college through the ministry of Crew, and fairly early on, someone ha handed me the book Knowing God by J. I. Packer. Mm. Back then, I still still this way a little bit, but back then I, I was not a reader. So I think I read like the first two or three chapters. But what I read really changed me. Mm. I'll never forget reading at the very beginning of that book where he talks about the difference between knowing about God and knowing God. And I think when we talk about dependence, we have to be very careful because we can know how, how to talk about dependence upon the Lord versus being dependent upon him. Mm. But even then, okay, what, what does that mean? What does it mean to be dependent upon the Lord? 
it starts, in my opinion, and in my my own experience, uh, with creating habits that often outpace my heart. And what what I mean by that is this: um, I've never been a person who is just naturally prone to spiritual disciplines. And uh, you're a pastor. And I'm a pastor. That's happening. I know. I know. And I'm following a guy. Hmm. Randy Pope is one of the most disciplined people I've ever known. Hmm. Ever. If he puts his mind to it, he does it. And so, again, I'm walking into those shoes thinking, my goodness, who am I? But I, what I've learned over the years is that I kept waiting. One of my tendencies is I want my heart to be in it. And we wait to be dependent until our heart is in it. Does that make sense? Hmm. So what I'm getting at is this. Uh, I failed for so long to have good habits, good disciplines, because I thought, well, my heart's not there. Hmm. And so I just wouldn't pray a whole lot because I, I want my heart to be, I want it to be genuine. Hmm. Uh, I didn't read the word a whole lot at certain times in my walk with the Lord because it's like, well, I just I feel like I'm doing it out of duty. I want it to be delight. And of course, yes, please, God, make it delightful. Yes, Lord, I want it to be because I so desire it. But human reality, our life in the battle of against sin and, and darkness in this world is that there's a, there's so many mornings hmm. where I just that's not there. So what do we do? Well, a lot of times dependence flows out of the habits that we create and then our heart catches up. So in the book, I call it the lagging heart syndrome or something like that. But I find my heart lagging a lot of times. And so I fail to depend upon the Lord because my heart's not in it. And I feel like God has shown me over the years, okay, if I can create habits, those habits oftentimes will outpace my heart, but my heart will catch up. Hmm. And as my heart catches up, then I find myself very naturally living out a a faith lifestyle that is very dependent upon the Lord. Now, the habits aren't the focus. Jesus is the focus. But how are we taking those steps to say, okay, if I want to be dependent, I want to be in prayer. And so let's pray. Uh, I need to be in the Word. So let's get in the Word. Let's get in the Word individually. Let's get in the Word corporately. Now, you guys have been around uh, family life, crew, church. I you were saying for, we're old there. He you guys have been around. You guys have been around for <laughs> a, a long time. time. <laughs> yeah. No, but you've been around crew, family life, church. I mean, these are things we've talked about yeah. for so long. So much so that, again, the younger generation feels probably at some level that we, we made it legalistic. We made mm-hmm. it, you know, it, about the quiet time. So I want to be careful with that. But I also feel like it might be time, generationally speaking, to come back around and push those things in again. To say, you may not have liked how the older generation made it legalistic. If some were guilty of that, I'm sure we were. But let's just stop and think about what are the means of grace that God has given us that draw us into a deeper dependent relationship upon him. And it's those things. It's prayer. It's the word. It's the gathered body. It's the means of grace. It's disciplines. And so uh, those things help us be more and more dependent. Yeah, and it's interesting if you think about our generation or any generation, especially the the younger generation. If there's one thing they do understand, it's that if I want this body that I don't have right now, I got I to gotta work for it. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. nutrition and exercise is at an all-time high, and they do understand. We all do. Man, if I don't feel like working out, guess what? I'm going to work out anyway because I want that body, and my heart's going to follow. Yep. Same thing. It's just what you're saying. It's no different spiritually. Right. I've always said 
Um, it's not the size of your faith that matters. It's the size of your God. But here's mm. the thing. We don't know who God is. Mm-hmm. Now, how do we get to know God? When mm-hmm. you open his word and look at it, even when you don't want to, you start to go, oh, my goodness, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. This is who he is. And that's the kind of God I'm going to be radically dependent upon because I see him yeah. in all his glory. I forget when I'm not there and I'm not reading and I'm not looking. But I read stories. I'm like, I forgot that's who he is. Why would I settle for anything but radically being dependent upon that God? Because I know who that God is. Amen. And he's so the more we get to know him, the more we see how big he is, mm-hmm. how majestic he is. And we end up, at least in spirit, maybe not. Literally, but maybe literally on our faces like Isaiah, hmm. you know, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. I'm a people. I'm a part of a people of unclean lips. And that's not just this beat yourself up condemnation thing going on with Isaiah. It's what happens when you're in the presence of God. Hmm. You see your inability in his ability and you go, I want more of him, not me. Hmm. Man, we all struggle with pride. All of us. It's part of that Adamic nature. But if we have people who are perpetually prideful in the church, then that gives me indication as to who's not been sitting in the presence of God. Mm. Because you show me a prideful Christian and I'll show you a Christian who's not sitting in the presence of God. Again, not not making a condemning statement. I've seen that be true in my own life. Right, right. Right? Of just, man, when I'm when I'm prideful, oh, there's a connection here. I haven't been in the presence. I haven't been sitting with him. I mean, based on all we've talked about, I would think the next step for me and anyone else is get in the presence of God immediately. Yeah. Even when you don't feel like it. Right. Yeah. We want to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as Power to Change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families, the kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. Interesting mentoring a younger couple or being mentored yourself? Check out Power to Change's mentoring initiative designed to help you avoid those pitfalls we all can fall into. Email radio at powertochange.org.au or go to our website families.powertochange.org.au under the Helping Couples tab to get started today. Until tomorrow, God's blessings.